The CEO of Dollar General, for example, he accidentally revealed how fucked up our economy is this week. As you probably know, Dollar General specializes in very cheap stuff, and they do well when lots of Americans are barely making ends meet by eating off-brand foods like crusted flakes and hot fuckets. <laughs> so, uh, in my 20s, I lived off hot fuckets. So, so Dollar General is doing quite well right now, and the CEO said, the economy is continuing to create more of our core customer. Yay! I gotta tell you, when I roll out of my bed with its nine billion thread count sheets made from the virginal nose hair of macaque monkeys bred inside a sterilized geodesic dome, and my eyes flutter open each morning after heaven-like sleep, I thank my lucky stars that our economy is still pumping out gut-wrenchingly poor people living in makeshift tents who will buy my contaminated, contagious products, which all smell like toxic hairspray for some unknown reason. Thank you so much, unfettered capitalism. It's a pleasure doing business with you. everyone, welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie III. I'm Jack Allison. I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown. And with us is someone I've known a very long time and who all three of us are big fans of, uh, Mr. Lee Camp on tour. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Now, Lee, Lee is on Redacted tonight, uh, which you've probably seen on YouTube or on TV. He's also... Or on uh, Michael Ian Black's Twitter feed. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, we can get into that a little later. Oh, we definitely <laughs> get into that. Um, you also have a new podcast, Common Censored. It is very, very good. Recommend all Struggle Session fans check it out. But you have a chance to see Lee live and in person. He is currently on tour, living that tour life, you know, making towns. Um, he's going to be in, <laughs> in Burlington, Vermont uh, this Wednesday, Portland, Maine, uh, May 31st, Boston, Massachusetts, uh, June 2nd, Asheville, North Carolina, very cool town on fr- um, on uh, June 8th and June 9th. And then he's wrapping up with uh, Charlotte, North Carolina on July 6th. Damn, Ellie, you did your homework. And and Lee, we will uh, carefully cut out all the ones that are passed by the time we get this episode up. Uh, just so you know, <laughs> that's not a problem. So 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 just Charlotte. So you're just gonna listen. <laughs> well, Lee, Lee and I actually, you know, we we go way back. So this is really fun. Uh, I guess 2009, I believe. I was a production assistant on a Showtime series called The Green Room with Paul Provenza. I was working for Paul at the time. I had helped him on a book about comedy called Satiristas. And then his show was, uh, it was really cool. It was just a comedy roundtable interview series, like nothing fancy. Just, it, it reminded me kind of of a tough crowd with Colin Quinn, uh, but more on the science and art of comedy. And, and Lee was a guest on the show and he was super funny and, uh, we, we, uh, we've known each other quite a long time. Yeah. And you, you were super interesting at that show because you were so young and yet you already had all these like bizarre, like comedy stories of, you know, being Rick Shapiro's assistant and all this crazy shit. Oh God, Rick. <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how this kid has lived four lives at age eighteen or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I've. Uh, I think that's probably why I burnt out at hard at twenty six. I am. Oof. <laughs> now I just stay inside. Uh, it it kind of hit me all at once. I, I yeah, I was kind of a wild kid. Uh, <laughs> we, we 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 all stay inside most of the time these days. So Lee, what what's it like out there in the world? You're on tour right now. Uh, uh, what's oh, do, it like? Do not go outside. You're <laughs> it's, it's very ugly. The nation's on fire. Um, <laughs> yeah, Good. I mean, well, I, I, I'm I'm loving I'm loving the touring thing. It is it is weird though because like I'm in uh, I, I'm you know going up through Vermont and stuff, and it, there's like whole towns that still seem like they kind of live a little life that's separate from the the pandemonium it's it's weird 
How that so? That is weird. Like they're calm and nice? Yeah, there's like people that say hello to you and stuff. And I think I like I get the impression. I kind of want to grab each of them by the collars and go, don't you realize what's happening? Uh, Lee, I think you're mistaken. Those are the parts of America that Trump has already made great again. That's why they're so complacent and happy. He's just just taking his time. It's going to take him the full um, eight years to get to all of the country. Uh, All of those HVAC factories everywhere. Popping up left and right. <laughs> yeah, the the the, the jobs he shaved, saved that were saved for a month, and then they shipped them to Mexico. <laughs> um, who, so uh, uh, you you were telling us before the show, and this is very this was very cool. Uh, you were telling us you guys had a very cool celebrity encounter, I think, on uh, the green room, right? Oh, sure. So uh, Lee Lee was a guest on the show. I was the production assistant who was getting sniffed by Andy Dick, and. Uh, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> and uh, so on on the round table uh, on the very episode with Lee was none other than uh, the uh, current uh, patron saint of the alt right and yeah. uh, now the well we're recording I, this on Monday so uh, you know the star of the uh, uh, the most popular show on television yes right <laughs> uh, uh, undeniably <laughs> the most popular show yes a show more popular than Game of Thrones itself. <laughs> Uh, Roseanne Barr was there, and this was uh, when she was between jobs, and uh, this this was right on the yeah, field. And, and mm-hmm. Do you remember well, her, her say, photo shoot? Yeah, yeah. Well, there were a couple things. One is uh, it was a huge moment for me because, like, I got done with my little you know segment, and she gave me a like standing ovation, and a bunch of the crowd started giving me a standing ovation. And for me, at that time, that was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And, you know, yeah. it's still it's still awesome, but it, it's even it's better now. It's a little different <laughs> now that, now that, uh, now that Roseanne is, is uh, yeah, the alt-right. And she she used to be very, like, left-wing. Like, She's she a socialist. She's president of the Green Party. And now it's like, I don't know, she used to be, she used to call out, you know, the, the way Israel is massacring Palestinians, and now she did a full 180, and if you talk about how Palestinians are killed, she calls you a Nazi on Twitter. Well, I mean, this just goes to show that the centrists are right, and that, like, Bernie-style, like, left-wing politics, like, makes you into a racist. Like, give it enough time, you will become a virulent racist. <laughs> no, I think, I think here's the thing. Ro- Roseanne is really interesting. I got high with her a couple of times, and uh, <laughs> see, and- this is—he's right with that. You have these uh, Hollywood stories. Yeah, I guess I do. Uh, I yeah, I got, but I did. I, I smoked weed with her a couple of times at actually at a at, yeah, at George Carlin's daughter's house. Yeah, wow, that does sound like a fucking entourage episode, <laughs> Christ. Um, but uh, she she she's really she's fascinating because she's very clearly like. She's brilliant and mentally ill. She also has a lot of really toxic, fucked up thoughts. And that was before she went right wing. She always has had, like, fucked up shit to say. A lot of that, I think, comes from this very... Here's what's interesting. She is somebody that was poor until she was in her uh, middle aged, And she's somebody who didn't finish eighth grade, not hyper-educated, and surrounded by rich liberals all the time. I think when you're somebody who isn't one of these, when you're invited into that class and, and you are like an uneducated, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, phrase like just typical white racist, <laughs> you don't really know how to fit in and, and, and actually use the right dog whistles. And, and then some, and because she, she didn't, they loved her. They, they loved her and they made her lots and lots of money and they made lots and lots of money off of her. But when it became gross and inconvenient, that's when they canceled her. And then so this is a, a fast motion version of essentially what happened 20 years ago with her TV show. This is <laughs> the same exact thing in yeah. hyper speed. She became too difficult to uh, work yeah, with. Yeah, happened far, far quicker. <laughs> so it's like instead of seven seasons, it happened over one, which is wild. Uh this is, it, it, it yeah, was and, it was and, fully but, a reboot it, of, it, of Roseanne. She's she's also a, t- a tough thing to figure out, like in terms of legacy and things, because she was a catastrophe. At least the backstage stories of what went on at that show. But at the same time, she is. I mean, as far as I could understand, to that point, 
one of the only women that like mm-hmm. fucking took the Hollywood sitcom world by the horns and basically kicked all the old boys club out of her way and said, fuck you all. I'm doing it my own way. And, and you know, that, that also pissed off a lot of people, but uh, so it's tough to be, you want to be like, yeah, what a, what a tough, amazing woman. And at the same time, oh yeah, also racist and psychotic. Like it's too, you you don't know what to do with it. I don't know. You know, I I think the thing to do is that uh, you just don't have to have that strong an opinion about Roseanne. When it comes down to it, like <laughs> we're not required to. We just don't have to have that strong an opinion about it. But it is it is interesting to me because now, like you know, as you as you actually just mentioned online, Jack, like we only see because of the way that social media is organized, we're only seeing uh, all of the the coastal liberals going rah rah rah. Like, isn't this awesome? But uh, it's 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 meltdown over at the hashtag Save Roseanne world. I mean, people are freaking the fuck out. Oh, well, <laughs> well they're go. They, they went in a completely bizarre direction. So since Roseanne got fired, now the right wants to get Bill Maher fired because he's also and, offensive eh. and once called no, no, Trump. No, no, no. That would be really bad. That would be really really that would bad. Be terrible. Like, that would be for terrible for anybody who's listening. That would be really really bad thing. That would fuck me up as a leftist. I would hate to see Bill Maher off the air. <laughs> yeah, it would be awful. <laughs> Lee, has Bill Maher ever given you a standing ovation? <laughs> No, Bill Bill Maher, as far as I know, is unaware of my existence, uh, and I'm I'm pretty okay with that. Um, he, <laughs> yeah, it, it. I don't know. He, I used to like some of his stuff, and then the combination of like, like I liked when he was questioning all religions, but now it's clearly kind of his ire is reserved mainly for Muslims. And, yeah, there's one big, you one know, for he, him, yeah. he at the end of the day. At the end of the day, he's kind of a, a mainstream Democrat, which to me is, you know, kind boring. of lame and uh, yeah, and and just boring. Uh, and, but I I will say there there is a difference. I I think there's a distinct difference between what Bill Maher was fired from on ABC, uh, which was you know kind of a, a nuanced uh, and legitimate point and kind of a joke as well. Um, about, you know, the 9-11 hijackers. He's like, you know, they're, they're awful, whatever he said, they're awful human beings, but they keep calling them cowards. They weren't cowards. They're just terrible human beings. Yeah. Right. That's uh, actually a pretty they're, good they're, joke. They're actually, they're, they're actually quite ballsy. <laughs> but, yeah. But I mean, he's so, right. So he got fired, he got fired for that. And I think, the, I think what Roseanne did is different and what she, and, and the other thing is her, her apology was also like, oh yeah, that was racist. <laughs> uh, sorry if some of you got upset. Like she didn't deny that. Oh no, you mistook what I meant. She was like, "No, oh, that's yeah, because that totally that's racist. because Channing Dungy and Bob Iger had a gun to her head." And and you said you type this fucking tweet out right now. I, I, I also we kill like, we kill everyone on your Hawaiian uh, plantation. Like, I I think also that like she does spend enough time on like. QAnon or whatever the fuck these like weird right wing places are that like this is just not like what she posted is not out of the ordinary for what you'd like find she's been on tweeting the right this shit internet. for years yeah, yeah that, that's the thing like they knew when they hired her like this is yeah. what they're ge- that, what they were getting and people are like celebrating like ABC and, and what's her name Dungy Channing Dungy Dungy for like being such a you know a powerful black woman female CEO and think and saying like oh this is so great great that she's standing up to her. I'm like, she's the one who hired her. Like, she knew so all funny. this shit was going on. She also canceled a show her sister starred on, which is Ice Cold. <laughs> so cold. <laughs> I didn't watch it, though. I don't watch ABC. I just, this just fascinates me. Plus, uh, Disney's had a bad week, so I, I'm enjoying that. All right, but, but enough about <laughs> Roseanne Lee. Let's talk about your network, RT. We we have you on, and of course, we're going to be flooded by people saying, why are we subverting democ- democracy? So let's just go ahead and get the segment out of the way. Um, why, have you registered why, as a foreign agent yet? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I actually had to register at birth as a Russian spy. So, it was, yeah, I got, I got started early. Um, no, there, there's no need for me personally to register as a foreign agent, but the the head of the news department, I believe, did. Um, and it's a, and if you actually look into that foreign agent stuff, it's hilarious because 
that law goes back to like the 50s when they wanted to make sure that Nazis in America were registered uh, as as, you know, trying to promote an outside country. So it's never been used against a news station before. And the idea that like RT is any different than China's news station and Iran's and Al Jazeera and uh, BBC and Canada CBC, like there's no difference, but only RT is the one that has to register as a foreign agent. And meanwhile, the actual terminology of the law should like by definition apply to APAC, which is Israel's lobbying arm in the U.S. Like that's the definition. And in fact, in the 60s, APAC was told they had to register as a foreign agent and they just never did. And that was under the Kennedys. And then after Kennedy died, everyone was just like, hey, let's not worry about it. Right. This is post-67. Uh, I, is actually- let, let, me, let me just ask really quick. What kind of uh, uh, notes on jokes do you get from, like, uh, Vladimir Putin? How does he note jokes? <laughs> he, he mainly just says more nipples. Like, we need to have nipples in a lot of things. So <laughs> that's... That's the main one, but uh, no, I, I I think people find it really upsetting because they want to hear like, oh man, it's tough. They tell me to say all this stuff, right. but they've literally never told me to say anything. I've never been told I can't say anything, have to say anything. It's the polar opposite of what goes on at like MSNBC and CNN. Right. Everybody who's left those channels talks about yeah. how they are constantly monitored. They're told what to say. They're told Melissa Harris Perry, after she was forced out, said that she was forbidden from covering the Beyonce halftime show because it was black power inspired. Oh, man. And I guess that was going to light America on fire. But it is like endless censorship on these other networks. Is there and any of network? You know, we, we talk about how awful Fox News is all the time, but MSNBC is truly like the most sleaziest and wormiest of the three in terms of how quickly they will change any of their positions at any moment. Like Fox News and CNN have like a shithead consistency. Like you can expect to see <laughs> the things on Fox News and CNN you'll see, but MSNBC, they change their minds every five seconds because MSNBC. they're conspiracy theorists. They'll also throw well, a curveball, well, like they'll all sign a letter saying they like Tom Brokaw or whatever. Sorry, go ahead, Lee. But but MSNBC will be wishy-washy on all kinds of things, but there's an underlying stance that never changes, which is pro-corporate and pro-war. Yeah. And so they'll they'll they're I, I agree that they're like the the sleaziest because they pretend to be left wing, but at the same time to be pro-war. And and that the, the, that's the number one thing that they're. Anchors have been forced out for Phil Donahue. Their top-rated show was forced out because he, he was against the Iraq War. Um, well, Ed Schultz it was because he supported Bernie Sanders, and they didn't want to let him cover Bernie Sanders, so they slowly forced him out. And then Jesse Ventura never had a show on NBC. They had signed the contract, multi-million-dollar contract for a Jesse Ventura show, and then the Iraq War was happening. They found out he was opposed to it. They said, "Can you change your mind and support the Iraq War?" <laughs> he said, "No." And they paid him like a million dollars just to get him out of the contract. <laughs> Man, and this is all under the same dude, Phil Griffin, right? Yeah, I think uh, Phil Griffin. Yeah, was the was the dude that he Ed Schultz and his whole production team. I don't know how much that would cost. Went to Bernie Sanders' house to film a live show at Bernie Sanders' announcement that he was running for president five minutes before they're set to go to air. He gets a call from Phil Griffin saying, you're not going to hear it. You know, to everybody who like wants who's asking you about like how much direction you get from, you know, the Kremlin and shit like that. You know, uh, if any of these people have actually written for television and some of the people who do get into it with you have written for television. I would just like to ask them, like, have you ever had to take out something because it would offend an advertiser? <laughs> Like, was there ever anything you had to remove from a script? And I'm like, 100% everyone across the board will have had to do that at one point or another. Um, so I just don't know where they're on the high horse about this. Yeah, and and uh, I remember in the Daily Show books, they, they talked, like the more recent one from like a couple of years ago, they talked about, and they tried to make it sound like a good thing or something. They were like, they were like, oh, yeah, so when The Daily Show makes fun of one of their advertisers, or it's, you know, it's my job to call them beforehand and tell them how cool it is that they're going to be made fun of on The Daily oh, Show. And, 
and and basically saying that if he if this you know if this producer's unable to convince him that it's cool to be made fun of on the Daily Show, then of course they're going to cut the segment. They're not going to air it and insult the advertiser. Sure, right. So in the end, that's why uh, you will see no negative jokes about Battlefield Five <laughs> on the Daily Show ever. <laughs> And yeah, so- not that. Like, did you did you see that, Lee? Did you see that entire uh, half hour Trevor Noah Battlefield pre-show? No. What happened? Why? In the ha- why would you have, Jonathan? Why would you even dare ask that question of anybody? Whether they would have watched the half <laughs> hour <laughs> Call of Duty <laughs> Battlefield because he's because he's a comedian who does a talking death show, and he might watch the other comedians doing comedian. Political don't talking don't don't get the idea because Jonathan said that that this is something that you should ever look. You up. don't have to <laughs> answer the question. <laughs> the, the, only, the only one I watch a Kate, I've probably seen a couple in the past years. Uh, John Oliver. Uh, we we don't like him. He, <laughs> well, I'm more I, you okay know, with I, him I than the rest. I think, I think he's a very I think he's a very talented comedian, and I think his show does some important topics. But every once in a while, he'll do something like, like you know, 20 minutes trashing Jill Stein that seems very bizarre. Yes. Like, why would you spend your... You're on HBO, dude. Like, you have more viewers than Jill Stein had voters. It's not It's not her fault. Yeah. If anything, it's your fault. You, He said that he was going to end Trump by calling him Trump, and it didn't pay off. If anything, he should be the one being investigated, um, frankly, but... Everybody I was I was ready to get out there and stop Trump, but I thought it was all handled. So <laughs> yes. I like didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John told me John told me he had it. Yeah. I thought we were all good. I thought we were all good. Um that's why the polls were so good too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so Lee, so I I have to ask, all right. So you've been through quite a year. Um you got dissed by Michael Ian Black, very funny comedian of Stella fame. One, of, he's actually my one of my favorite comedians, maybe my favorite comedian of all time. But I actually had to yell at him uh, on your behalf because he was personally calling you out because you were on a network um, that was owned by bad people, which I think everybody who is on the network is. Yeah. And then you also got smeared by NPR of all things, like they really really went after your ass like they were trying by, by to the way <laughs> leslie's like internet love-hate relationship with michael ian black is one of the funniest things online it, <laughs> if you haven't seen it you gotta check it out it's magical <laughs> yeah he retweeted the show so uh shouts he'll probably retweet this if we say we t- we talked about him on it um so i think so so lee like i i guess the thing is like you're a very funny guy you're funny when you're not talking politics too you could do the same and you could you could be funny talking liberal politics safe politics you know so why do you insist on like having legitimate politics and forcing yourself <laughs> to be you know marginalized and attacked by you know venom institutions like the state and npr <laughs> i mean the, the I state like the mbt that... the mptv show the state not the uh, united <laughs> states the, the, no no both actually both the yes. state and the state yeah um <laughs> uh yeah you know i i just i yeah i started off as a lovely friendly comedian when i was you know 17 doing seinfeld style jokes and I, a couple of years later, started finding it boring and <laughs> decided I wanted to talk about real shit. And it kind of just went from there. But, yeah, I, you know, it's, it, it's kind of double funny because I know a fair number of comics in this business, but I've never met, spoke to or had any connection with Michael Ian Black. And then he suddenly, out of the blue, decides his mission in life as a pretty, basically non-political guy. Like he put out a book and a, did a book tour with Meghan McCain where yeah. they were like, hey, I'm a Democrat and I'm a Republican and let's just all get along. <laughs> and uh, it's like the saddest piece of trash. Um, to, and, and, and anyway, he just started coming after me and I basically responded like twice. I was like, the main one I can remember is that he kept asking to come on my show. And I was like, I'm sorry, Michael, but I have, like, true dissidents on my show. I have, like, <laughs> CIA whistleblowers like Ray McGovern and John Kariaku who served jail time to reveal the crimes of our government. 
I'm not having on some, you know, milk toast comedian who decided to just yell at me. Um, and, and anyway, he just kept, he just kept coming after me. And then Abby Martin, uh, you know, starts defending me and he like became obsessed. Like after about a week of him just like going at her, she like texted me and she's like, she's like, oh, luckily I've had a lot of haters in my day, but I've never seen anything like this. This guy will not leave it alone. Yeah, he would check in like anyway. weekly, like, hey, Abby, just checking in. Um, did you ever, were you ever allowed to attack Putin or RT? And she hasn't worked for RT for like two years. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Michael, but um, as, a, as I say, he's a friend of the show. So, you know, we still love you, um, even though. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, MP, the NPR thing, and actually, so NPR did a hit piece on me, and uh, New York Times did a hit piece on me on the cover of the arts section. And. Uh, the reason I believe, I think it's pretty clear, is that like these outlets, uh, they serve as kind of the white blood cells to attack infections of the the state, and it's now become like the corporate state. So anybody who's out there going after kind of our corporate rulers in a way that uh, that that undermines our both economic and military empire. Uh, is dangerous. And so they serve as these, you know, legacy, uh, uh, very elite uh, white blood cells that attack the infection. Um, and, you know, they work in coordination with like Google algorithms. So now if someone Googles me, the first thing that comes up will be the New York Times piece uh, to, to kind of help to help, uh, you know, create a, a, a talking point, a, a kind of uh, a manufactured you know, a background consensus. for me. For anybody who who can't, who hasn't heard of me or something like that, but I I did write responses to both of them, and luckily those went viral. So I think they're like the second thing that comes up. So at, at least uh, at least I have that. It's very frustrating. And, and the and the New York and the New York Times had to print two retractions on that one one page article, which is like super pathetic. That you can't you can't put out a single page article without ending up you know retracting multiple like basically lies they fired all of their copy editors <laughs> that's why they don't they don't have their 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 crack team anymore it's a lot of people from politico now <laughs> i think it's a lot of 14 year olds with a spell checker you know it, it's uh it's really fucked up how much power google has over shaping our own identities <laughs> You know, if, mm -hmm. as somebody, as anybody who is a creative or performer, uh, you are unfortunately forced to tie your own name to a brand. And it's not fun because people change and sometimes the brands can't because of the nature of capitalism. And so when you get one of these media hit pieces like the NPR piece in the New York Times, they do have these these advertising deals so that they will just always be the first thing that comes up when you look someone up and they can they can destroy people that way uh yeah and I, and I think that's largely the goal i mean i don't like these the outlets like that had no interest in me until uh it became something they needed to kind of attack and they needed to undermine like i, I as as you know i've been around a long time and i've been doing this type of comedy for a long time but it wasn't until it got to a level that people, you know, more people were paying attention to it. And it was, you know, uh, so, something that like, like my, my episodes about election fraud and about the election fraud in the primaries that has now several aspects of it have now been admitted in court, like the New York board of elections saying in court that they purged a hundred thousand likely Bernie voters. Um, I was one of very few covering that. So it's like that type of thing needs to be undermined because it's got it got to a level where it, it too many people were becoming aware of these of these news stories well that's why we have roseanne and the swastikas to distract the public isn't it weird <laughs> you know having both of us been involved in uh mainstream entertainment to to realize that your purpose in a fucked up way is to distract people from what's going on, that you are part of that bread and circuses. It's like as a creative, yeah, as an artist, it's a hard thing to juggle. Uh, I know you're part of the spectacle that's used to <laughs> to enslave us. It sucks. You don't want to be, and you know how do you, how do you juggle, especially when the the only things getting made are 
things designed to sell ancillary vertically integrated products, whether that's, you know, a cable news show like MSNBC with a ton of crappy books and uh, coffee mugs and pins and conventions or well, whatever. Jonathan, that's a to be fair, universe. Jonathan, to be fair, there is one form of media that's still pure. Okay, that's not just about selling you crap. That's not just you know part of the bread and cir- circuses. That is informative and entertaining, and that's podcasting. And yes. oh, Lee, sure, of course, you just started a new <laughs> podcast <laughs> called Common Censor. So why don't you uh, tell us about uh, that? Exactly. And, and, yeah, thank you very much. I, I, I thought it was very but, good. By the way, there's a great book about what John was just talking about, The Society of Spectacle by Guy Debord. But uh, um, the new podcast is, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a chance for me to do something that's not scripted because I, you know, I spend all week writing. It's two, two episodes redacted tonight, so there's the live audience one and there's the one with an interview, but the second half is also scripted. And so it's a, t- a chance to have kind of political philosophy conversations with my awesome co-host, Eleanor Goldfield, and uh, she has her own free speech TV show as well. So both of us kind of wanted to discuss these issues uh, in a longer format without a script. And uh, yeah, it's, com- it's called Common Sensor. We've been doing it for a few weeks and the reaction has been really cool because because I think, you know, in podcasting world, luckily, uh, people are looking for something that is uh, longer form and you can talk, you can talk ideas out. They don't need to be fully analyzed yet. So pretty cool. Yeah. So, Lee, what 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 I look when I look at all your work and you cover everything from, you know, corporations, you know, on the political system, the all the fucked up things that's happening in the world. I feel really feel like the main thing that really bothers you is like imperialism and war. And just, you know, on that note, how was your Memorial Day? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I. I I could see Memorial Day being useful if it were like we're going to show that we care about people that genuinely fought for this country by taking the steps to like make sure the VA is fully funded and like make sure they all have health care and make sure we're not sending them to war for no reason or for corporate interests. But instead, Memorial Day has become like rah, rah, rah. You know, go buy a mattress and 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 don't think about the fact that when these people come home from so-called fighting for us, but nowadays it really is mainly fighting for corporate interests. Uh, we don't take care of them. Ten percent of our homeless are veterans, and you know the line at the VA for health care is like a year long, and it's it's pretty horrific. So whenever you hear, you know, you turn on your news, and speaking of spectacle, this is the spectacle. You turn on the the radio on your way to work on Memorial Day, and they all go, oh, happy Memorial Day, and thank you to the men and women that are protecting us every day. And that's the end. That's the end of the thought process. Done, finished, move on. Well, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, to be fair, Lee, you do get, you know, some very good deals on appliances. Uh, <laughs> and cars. That's true. Well, I, I wanted to push back true. a little bit, too, just because um, Memorial Day is for the dead ones, so they don't need, like, health care and stuff like that. Oh, I, that I think is, you should be more mad true. at Veterans Day. <laughs> nothing, nothing was so closed. Is it, is, it, is it for the dead ones? Do the dead ones really appreciate it that much? <laughs> uh, it, no, it's for us, I guess. You're right. What a cool day. <laughs> no, nothing, was, nothing was closed, by the way. You know, uh, all the stores were open. I mean, like... More and more often, like, we get these holidays, and then eventually business pushes in and goes, uh, you know, these holidays could be used for sales. You know, you know what would pu- be a lot a, a lot healthier way to have these holidays? Because we should have holidays. We should have days off. It should just be called, like, three-day weekend day. Like, the <laughs> yeah. day when everybody gets an extra day off. Like, that's how that we, would be that, nice. Well, that's... Uh, I think that's where we're headed because a lot of these holidays, they don't want us to think about the real reason behind them. Yeah. I mean, Labor Day, they don't want us talking about unions and workers and everything. Mm-hmm. And May Day isn't May Day isn't even a, a technically a holiday in the it's U.S. Loyalty it's Loyalty Day now. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, something like a Law Day or something. Um, <laughs> but but they it, it originated in the U.S. from the from the uh, the massacre that happened, but the Haymarket Massacre, but instead it's 
you know, they don't want us talking about that. They don't want to talk about striking workers. So we don't even have May Day. No, and if if the point of these holidays are to give people days off, and then everyone's working anyway, <laughs> working Why harder are... than ever, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are we? What are we? What are like? Is it just? Are we just doing this for Hallmark? Like, what is the point anymore? Like, do we do uh, we have barbecues? That is the propane industry requested. I I don't get it. Yeah, big propane made a it's lot of money this weekend. We- we need the spectacle. Is this something to do, or the illusion of something to do while we're all working? <laughs> all right. Well, you are working, uh, Lee. You're on tour. So, for people who haven't bought their tickets yet, um, why should they? And you can buy them at leecamp.com. Um, why should people come out and see your comedy show? I mean, all you're going to do is just talk about how terrible everything and how bad the world is. Why should people <laughs> come out and see your see your show? First of all, I never said anyone should come out to the show. I think that's a horrible idea. <laughs> you kind of hate yourself to do such a thing. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I make it funny in the, in the stand-up show. I, uh, I take all these issues and I put in a lot of laughs. There's, uh, there's multiple references to diarrhea. I'll have you know, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and and people people generally enjoy themselves. So. Yeah, it's a different thing. I just taped a new uh, comedy special in Los Angeles at the El Rey Theater. And uh, when that comes out, you can see there's proof that I, I make it funny. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm in. I love diarrhea. <laughs> uh, where, can, where, where will the special be uh, airing? I don't know yet. I, you know, it's funny. I'm having trouble finding corporations that are interested in my, uh, in my comedy. That's so strange. But, uh, um... uh, it's so, so weird. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the New York Times will do a deal with me or something. Well, but... uh, ABC has an opening, apparently, for some uh, comedy. Maybe they can cut it. In. You can do it like a Seinfeld show where they'll cut your comedy special before the sitcom. Yeah. No, actually, no. Lee, Lee is way too radical for NBC or for ABC. Right. Uh, Roseanne, fine, but uh, uh, Lee is out there for ABC. No, you can't. You can't yeah, have any socialists with TV shows. It it is bizarre that they. It, it's like she. I mean, up until now, she's she was the type of radical that is so bizarre and like no one really understands what the fuck she's talking about. That they were like, well, that's fine. But if you were like a coherent voice, sure. against, like corporate control, that's no good. <laughs> no. And here's what's fucked up. If Roseanne had said that to like some random like person on Twitter, uh, she would not have gotten her show canceled. I mean, this is because she did right. like attack an Obama official like an Obama. There has never been a president who has had their administration with their claws in as in deep as Hollywood as this one. Like you were just well, not allowed to like insult Barack Obama here at all. So, well, and 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 mostly that's because you can't insult people that are working in the entertainment industry. And Barack Obama is about to have the biggest production company in town. Uh, so that, that's mostly what it's about. I was gonna say you re- you realize that in any other country, if the former president suddenly had a massive you know netflix show or production company we would be like it's state-run media state-run yeah. media but yeah. Yeah. here we're like oh it's cool obama's got I mean, a tv show also by the way like you know this idea you know if we're if we're just if if anyone in the center left to the left is supposed to like coherently make the argument that like politics and entertainment are supposed to be different and that's why you don't elect someone like Donald Trump maybe not every fucking buddy in democrat politics should immediately go into entertainment Right, or like Comey putting out a book immediately once he leaves <laughs> off. You know, I mean, and, and Bill Clinton doing a book with James Patterson, like a like spy thriller about the president. Like he's doing a show, he's doing like Homeland for for Showtime, like a former president. <laughs> it, it really is shitty because, like, I actually, you know, I don't think it's bad because Lee, you're looking for a place to put your comedy special. Why not Obama's Netflix production company? I'm just, I think it would be a pretty good fit, uh, personally. I think all of a sudden, uh, yeah, all of a sudden, know, Lee, you, you, 
He he says tomatoes. I say war crimes. Yeah, the, 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 the new Lee Camp special is just called Drones Are Great. <laughs> so on the Obama network. So I do ha- like wow, Lee Camp did a switch. <laughs> the funniest thing about the Obama thing, and I, I I I I will be obsessed about this forever, is just that it includes scripted series. The announcement said it's like documentary series and scripted series. So like Obama's gonna be like either reading or writing scripts. To do for Netflix. Anyway. He's got a room with David Simon being built as we speak. I I, I do kind of want to mention something that kind of converges here um, with the whole Obama thing and his – he didn't even need rehabilitation uh, after his presidency. But he has, you know, become this, you know, sort of like mythical figure post-presidency. And that kind of took a dent this week, um, thanks to John Favreau, actually, a former speechwriter for sure. uh, for Barack Obama, who which anybody paying attention to Jack's Twitter feed has noticed. Yes, well, so okay. so John Favreau uh, of Podcast America, you know, we're we're great big fans. Pod, pod save Pods, America. Pod save America. What the fuck <laughs> ever? It fucking sucks. Um, he was posting about you know this the horrific story about ISIS ice abuses, you know, and how they treat children and. And there were some, uh, you know, some all those foes we've seen and be talking about. And he complained and he, you know, rightfully talked about ho- how horrific it was until he somebody pointed out to him that those pictures were actually happening during the Obama administration. Yes. And then all of a sudden, well, you know, this was part of the challenge that we faced yes. You know, as part of the presidency, and I won't be ta- I won't be taking any more questions it, about it this is, on Twitter. It was the funniest. It was like it was just it was funny how fast it happened because you know that that's how they talk about these things. But just to see it happen within like two minutes, see one post like his original post was this is the only issue that matters at this moment until it's fixed, and then it became well the challenge we faced at that time was. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I mean, it, it proves how full of shit the, all these people are. And, you know, to bring it back to what we were talking about, it's like, I hate when people act like racism, you know, was created by Donald yes. Trump and Roseanne Barr. When you, like, our American empire it has at its heart white supremacy. Like, the reason mm-hmm. we're willing to drop a hundred drone bombs a day obliterating innocent civilians is because they're people of color. So mm-hmm. you've got immense racism inherent in our militarism. And, you know, it's basically just when someone says it out loud that people go that, oh, my goodness, he's he's causing racism. And it's like, <laughs> no, there was plenty. Our, our military was racist under Obama as well. I mean, killing people by the dozens and hundreds and thousands uh, and not caring about it. Is uh is yeah well JDB, it's weird that people don't see that as racism we, J- they see it as combat or they see that as statistics J- of- JDB, we do care that's why we have holidays like Memorial Day where we have those big sales <laughs> and those great fantastic deals and we celebrate all the killing that we've uh, managed to do and how heroic it was and how it was very necessary to preserve yeah. this country. In memory, you know I mean? in memory of, of of the guy in Nevada who broke his thumb on uh, while playing Xbox to kill people. Well, uh, uh, we, we you know people don't I, like the. I ba- on every Memorial Day I bake a cake and I put a candle for every innocent civilian we've killed that year, and the cake is the size of New Hampshire. A- a- anything, any holiday, any meaning behind it is sapped out. Like none of, none of these holidays mean anything anymore because they are just excuses to sell us shit. If they actually meant anything, uh, well, first of all, they would be observed. People wouldn't actually be working. And, and uh, second of all, we, the, our, there would be something to actually reflect that in our culture beyond buy shit. But there isn't. Yeah, I mean... I, I... Every, I think a lot of people don't understand that our, our kind of social engineering, our, our cultural engineering has caused us to put kind of a price on everything and look at everything in monetary value. And it's like if I sit around in my fa- with my family on Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever and they're all giving gifts, there's kind of still a like subconscious thing where like I'm not into giving like big gifts. You know, I might give someone a book or something, but. I feel like they're all, there's still a subconscious judgment of like, 
oh, mm -hmm. well, you know, your brother got all these really nice things for everybody. And, and it's, it's like we, we've been trained to view our society that way. Well, it's funny you mentioned Hanukkah. It's funny you mentioned Hanukkah, Lee, because Hanukkah was never a gift holiday. But Americans yeah, and, yeah. and Europeans were like, well, look, like all the Christian kids are getting fun shit. And they're like, uh, Hanukkah's yeah. the gift one now. Hanukkah was boring. Like they spun tops and shit. Nobody cared. But you had to My, add in those gifts to get uh, people invested into it. Growing up, I had both uh, Hanukkah and Christmas, and my mom tried to make Hanukkah like different by saying it was a, a giving holiday for us, so not receiving. So for Hanukkah, we like would build like a complicated toy for like a immigrant or something, immigrant family, because she was a social worker. And we fucking hated her for it. <laughs> they were like, oh, this fucking sucks. This is the shittiest holiday. I mean, you could make Han The story of Hanukkah is cool. I mean, it's a terrorist insurgent rebellion. I mean, the Greeks occupied yeah. Jerusalem. A bunch of crazy Jews killed themselves, kicking them out. It's fun. They just uh, need to reboot Hanukkah. <laughs> we, need, we, we need to do, like, the new modern Hanukkah. Yeah, I mean, like, Jews on elephants with spears? That's basically a Far Cry yeah. campaign. That's Exodus Gods and Kings right there. Jews uh. on elephants with spears needs to be your next band. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, I, I'm really seriously. I listen, I listen to your show, watch your podcast, everything. Uh, big fan of your work. I really, like, appreciate your, like, integrity, too, because I know you're one of those people, like, there's, like, that could be doing something else and could be making more money, but you're choosing. Yeah, we we couldn't. We can't be the three of us. <laughs> yeah, but Lee's good looking and yeah. funny he's guy. Funny. Not like off putting to people like me and Jonathan. Oh, Leslie's just I'm not only, I'm only off putting to people on the internet. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay in real life. I'm off putting to people. <laughs> no, but, I but love it is. You, but, you, but you could you could well, be uh, uh, you well, could be well, doing well, such I, stupid it, bullshit and you're doing such good stuff instead. Thank you. That means a lot. And it means a lot because there are so many people that are like attacking me like as if I have no integrity. And that's why I'm at, you know, RT. Oh, and it's like I'm at I'm I'm at the one channel that's able to like that, that, that lets me say what I want and is <laughs> and is able to create the type of show I want to create. And I get to write the whole thing like it's, it's an insane amount of freedom. And uh, and that that's why I'm there, and and therefore I get attacked as if I lack integrity, which is you know comical. Yeah, and you know we we had on um, you know we had on a freelancer uh, Michael Saba uh, for CNN who worked at RT, a guy named Michael Saba. He said the same thing, and then I th I think about all the people who do follow the uh the the good networks, and you know Roseanne got honey boo booed today because she she. Did what everybody else does. She f she falls for the bullshit from the corporate sponsor that they actually care about what she has to say. They sell the idea that she can say whatever she wants. She says inevitably a bunch of stupid, fucked up, racist shit, and then they act disgusted with her as if they didn't know that's what she was all Wait, along. Wait, JDB, Honey uh, Honey Boo Boo is racist. Honey Boo Boo's mom was <laughs> okay, racist. Okay, okay, Honey Boo Boo. Like, <laughs> no, Honey Boo Boo herself is woke. Honey Boo Boo is woke. I mean, she's like three, right? I don't know. TLC should be burned to the ground. What an evil dude, channel. Dude, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> Honey Boo Boo, Honey Boo Boo's been on a hunger strike for the kids dying in Yemen for the past six months. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a serious, serious activist. Um, uh, I was gonna say, you know what? The thing that's nice about all of this is like. You know, Disney got to fire Roseanne and they get all the pub, like the press for it and everything. Uh, and they also get to keep all the money they made from Roseanne this year, too. So it's just a win win for everybody. <laughs> Roseanne gets to keep the money she made. Disney gets to keep the money they made. Like Roseanne has like a much no, bigger dude, fan they, base. No, 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 no. Like they, Disney's they, woke. Dude, Hulu, Hulu is they're doing the Louis C.K. memory hole thing where they're destroying all of the reruns. Which I know, me out a but they bit. still made the money from the show this year. Roseanne still got paid, right, and Disney right. still made money this year. Like everybody gets to keep the money they made, and now that now like Roseanne has a new like you know uh, like racist fan base, and Disney gets to look woke again. Like win win for everybody. I, I think the win win really will be when Bill Maher gets fired. 
and then Roseanne like, takes over. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that while they're trying to get him fired, Leslie. Fuck. When Bill Maher gets fired and then Roseanne takes over his show and she can be even more racist than him. Uh, I, the, yeah. the, the, lesson, the lesson we should learn is that if you get rid of racists and uh, pedophiles and men who are touching people in Hollywood, there will be no one left. Yeah, <laughs> and then maybe we can all like get more work. Maybe yeah, we can we all can. get work done. This is why this is why this issue is so important. We have to get rid of all of them. Cool. Yeah, they're so not I just get they're not just again. they're not just sex criminals. They are literally taking our jobs. They're taking my jobs, and also the Obama guys too. It's yeah. sex criminals and Obama administration officials. And I'm that are sure taking there's some. Jobs. I'm sure there's some you know overlap. So, uh, well, Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people yeah. find all your stuff? Yeah, guys, thanks a lot. Uh, I'm the easiest place is leecamp.com. Uh, I'm also at Lee Camp on Twitter, and the whole series, every episode is at youtube.com slash redacted tonight. And I've also been writing uh, recently for Truth Jigs, so people can find me there as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, Lee. We really appreciate you coming yeah, thanks on. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Thank you, guys. Talk to you again soon. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.